We're back. We're back, baby. We're on the train. Connor, you're like a nippy corner boy <laughs> hanging out in the corner. I didn't know we still had you. Go on. GA Late Night. Live every Sunday evening, 8.30 on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. The Saturday Panel on Off The Ball. Now, the Saturday panel on Off the Ball this week previews next week's 150th edition of the Irish Life Health National Track and Field Championships, which take place at the Morrison Stadium in Santry in Dublin. The first National Athletics Championships were organised in College Park, Trinity College, Dublin, on July the 7th, 1873. They've been held every year since, making the Irish National Championships the longest running consecutive national senior championships in the world. So, to look ahead, delighted to be joined on the line by Liliana O'Hora, one. 100 metres hurdler and an Athletics Ireland women and sport officer. Michael Bowler, decathlete, pole vaulter, friend of Scorthy and a physiotherapist. And Matt Lockish, the Athletics Ireland National Endurance Coordinator since 2018. Lillianne, Michael and Matt, how are you all doing today? Hiya, John. Thanks for having us on. Not too bad, John. Great to see you. Great to see you all. If anybody's watching, you can watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off The Ball, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. Running, track and field, it's brilliant stuff. I love it. We can't get enough of it uh, when we do kind of, I suppose, get our heads into it, Liliane. Um, talk to us about your role uh, as a women and sport officer for Athletics Ireland. What is that like day to day? What does it entail for you? Well, thankfully, I started the role back in 2019 um, due to Sport Ireland's investment, I suppose, in women in sport and the need to kind of advance gender equality practices and everything like that. And um, it's it's been an absolute roller coaster. It's been brilliant because I suppose we're involved in so many areas of the sport, um, you know, from leadership and governance to active participation and, and coaching. Uh, so there's probably not one answer to say what happens on a day to day because we're kind of going from different things. Um, but we're running a number of programs to hopefully, uh, you know, make an impact on our, on our members and so on like that. And uh, it's definitely been very worthwhile, but I suppose it's more the, the members' engagement, uh, which is elevating, I suppose, what we do and how we offer it. So hopefully the future is bright for uh, women in sport. 100 metres hurdler. Uh, can you remember your first pair of spikes, Lillianne? I can, I can. Um, they were a lovely Nike pair and I'm still in the Nike pair. And I suppose if anyone's into athletics at the moment, uh, there's a big demand for particular spikes because there's an extra kind of bounce off the spike. So uh, I'm still still in those Nike pairs and looking for every little bit out of them as we can get. Lucky spikes. Was Derville O'Rourke a hero growing up? Oh, she was and she, she still is. Um, she, I suppose the 100 meter hurdles is an event that has just absolutely transformed in the last few years um because of derville um i, I definitely would call it the derville o'rourke effect <laughs> uh but also because i suppose that we all there's incredible coaches now who are doing and investing so so much in it um you know i looked up to derville big time she was very good to myself even now still for advice and for guidance um and even with my dad my dad lee moore is actually my coach as well and she's been very good to him to give us advice and everything like that like so uh we need those sort of heroes dragging us on and keeping those standards high and uh like i said at the moment fortunately and unfortunately it's the highest standard of hurdles that there ever has been um which which makes it nice and competitive. So no doubt next weekend at the national championships, um, it'll be every woman for herself. 
I just can't get over how difficult it looks on the screen, Liliane. Like you've got to go very fast, but also you can't hit those hurdles. Yes, it's who it's it's survival of the fittest, really. You know, trying to get from A to B as fast as you possibly can, but also trying to make sure that you're it's as clean as possible as well. Um, and there is definitely a few occasions that you will take your tumbles and you will take your hits. But I suppose that's the fun side of it too, and challenging yourself to get the most out of yourself every time, every hurdle, I suppose. Michael, a uh, decathlete and pole vaulter. So how does the training and the prep fit in with all of those different sports and different disciplines that you engage in? Well, it's a, it's a very difficult balance, to be honest, which is not always smooth sailing. But uh, yeah, you try to break up your week and mostly focus on the weaker events, really. So, you, you know, uh, I'm not as, as, as serious about the decathlon anymore. I've kind of moved into more commentary and coaching now at this stage of my career. And uh, but yeah, back when I was serious about it, I was training maybe five or six days a week, maybe two events per day, that sort of thing. Um, and being a physio must help in terms of regulating your body. You'll know when you get a bit of a strain or <laughs> you maybe have a bit of a head start that other athletes don't have. Yeah, that's it. Like I, I always say in, in, in sport, uh, our conditioning, it's all about getting the volume right, the volume and, and intensity of your training. If you just do too much, your body will start to break down, but if you hit that sweet spot, that's really what you're looking for. Always, You're always teetering the line in athletics. We're trying to get your body to its absolute maximum you know, uh, physiological capabilities. So... Uh, yeah, it's a very, very fine balance. And when you're right on your peak performance, that's probably when you're most likely to get injured, to be honest. So it's not an easy line to toe. So I believe you're competing in the pole vault next weekend. Is that right? Yes. Against a yeah. teenager. Is it Connor Callanan? He seems to be blazing a trail at the moment in the sport. Yeah, that's exactly it. So Connor last year became one of the, young, or the youngest ever senior national champion. I think he beat me that day on camp back. But uh, also, there's another young fellow, Matthew Callum and Keenan, and they're not related to the same uh, surname, but the two of them uh, came first uh, place in the indoor. So I'd say it'll be a very good competition between those two. Uh, so uh, I, I'd say I probably won't have much chance to keep up with them this year, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, I, I heard there earlier on that you're thinking about coming down, I'd say I'd highly recommend that to anybody that's around Dublin or anywhere to come in and, and watch it in the flesh because there's one thing watching on the screen but to watch the pole vault and watch these two young fellas compete in the, in the flesh it's very very exciting and the same for Liliana Hoare there and Sarah Lavin will be in the hurdles there's nothing like seeing athletics in, in the flesh so I, I hope to see you there John now over the weekend yeah you know, you'll, you'll, you'll I'll have to stick to that uh, commitment that I made um, Absolutely no problem at all. Because I'm just thinking that the 100 metres hurdles, I'm thinking back when I'm watching as a kid, Gail Devers was was a huge uh, person I remember, Liliane. And then uh, Michael, uh, Sergei Bobka was just an absolute legend in the pole vault. The technique of the pole vault, like how 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 does it, how long does it take to get your head around what you need to do and, and to perfect that technique? Because it just looks alien to a lot of people on the screen. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes years and years. It's a very technical event. Um uh, you know, it's funny, when I started off, I, I got into athletics because my, lo my local club, my local village decided to set up an athletics club. And Christina Gorman and the, the Stinnets up there, who's a racehorse trainer from the area, used to coach us. And we decided to dig out an old stick hole that it was 30 or 40 years old and it had only been used for poking nests out of pigeons' roofs for, out of the roof of sheds. <laughs> here. So we actually dug a hole in the ground because you need to have something to stick the pole into and the local geriatrics hospital in Enscorti were throwing out a load of mattresses. So that's what we landed <laughs> on. We tied all the mattresses together. And so, you know, you start off by just holding quite low down on the pole. Um, you just 
put it into the ground and you kind of you might only get two or three feet off the ground and then eventually you move up higher and higher up the pole until you're carrying a 16 foot long pole and at that point the pole needs to start to bend and you know so it, it's a little bit more gradual a progression than most people think you don't just take off down the runway holding a 20 foot long pole that's bending and launching you in every direction it's very very much controlled and so if anybody ever wanted to take it up it's not as dangerous as it looks on the television so Absolutely. And Matt, um, talk to us about your role now as endurance coordinator, how it's changed since you arrived in Ireland, because we've got a good crop of uh, young athletes. We had uh, the under-23 team win gold at the European Cross Country last year. Yeah, I guess my role covers everything from 800 metres through to marathon. And um, we've had a good crop in, of marathon runners going to major championships in recent game, in recent years. But we've, we've done really well in the European Cross Country the last two editions. We missed a couple of years with uh, a year with COVID. But um yeah, there's certainly great depth in the under-20s and under-23s at the moment. Um, we won gold with the under-23s back in December, which was a fabulous event in Santry uh, in Dublin. Um, and, we, you know, across all teams really were competitive with, you know, the top five or six teams in Europe, um, which shows we probably punch above our weight um, for the size of the country in terms of endurance running. And there's a, a you know, rich history there and um, something in the Irish makeup that, Clearly, um, endurance running fits well with us. What are the kind of do's and don'ts in terms of training for endurance runners? Are, are there certain things that they need to be doing differently to other athletes? Well, I, I guess some of the physiological changes you're looking for is a, a distance runner to take a lot of time. And really, the, the build and getting to a really high level requires a lot of consistency. Guys often put a 12-week program together and, and go okay, but... Really, it takes year on year, month, month on month, year on year of consistent training to make, really make that difference. Um, you see these sort of um, couch of 5K programs, which are great for getting people started and the short marathon build-up. But the guys that get to a really high level, it's about consistency over the years. And, um, you know, our top runners will be running 100 miles a week. You know, some of the marathon guys are running 130 or more. And some of them are even fitting that in around a full-time job. So... It takes a lot of organisation of your life, a lot of dedication and, and looking after yourself as well. So you don't do that much training without being good at sleep, nutrition and really taking care of yourself. So a lot of discipline and dedication. Yeah, we have a lot of voluntary coaches in athletics uh, across the country, Matt. And I, I suppose there's a big challenge, isn't there, with the competition of Gaelic games, soccer and rugby? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, uh, there's countries like Norway that are doing very well on the European world scene at the moment, endurance running, but I don't think they have the same range of sports uh, that are uh, with such a big uptake in their country. You know, a lot come from a skiing background. We've, uh, we've got a, you know, it's not only the game of games, soccer, rugby and uh, basketball are also really popular amongst our youth athletes. So it's hard and I suppose there's a lot of talk about not uh, not too much early specialization of athletes. I mean, Nick Griggs is a big star at the moment um, of the younger athletes. He's just 17 and ran a th uh, 356 miles. So he's, he's a real phenomenon. But he was, you know, he was involved with the, his local Gaelic football club till um, a year or so ago. So, you know, Sarah Healy, or one of other big talents, was playing hockey for a long time. So I think as an endurance run runner, as long as you're getting, I suppose they talk about having getting the minutes in. So some aerobic exercise um, it might not all be specific running uh, work but from an early age if you're spending time on the pitch you're building up your um, aerobic capacity through lots of running around which 
maybe we, lament, we've lost a little bit as a society as, um, in recent years. We don't maybe do as much incidental play and uh, as we used to, but those guys that play a lot of sport um, and are, are probably well-conditioned for endur- to endurance down the line. Lillian, did you play other sports when you were um, a formative athlete? Uh, do you believe in uh, specialisation or do you think it's good to have different skills from different types of sports to help you with uh, what you do? Oh, definitely. I, I'd echo what Matt is saying is, is, is play it all and do it all until there com- comes a point because uh, I, I definitely was one of those kids who played everything from Gaelic football uh, to basketball to my athletics um, and it definitely helped and strengthened you know, the athletic strength in those sports as well. Uh, but I suppose ultimately at some stage you're going to have to choose. Um, but then at the same time, I suppose whatever you're, you're happiest doing, stick to. Um, and, and I suppose where you kind of maybe see the most potential or opportunities to progress within sport, um, I suppose that will kind of start to, to come to the surface as well as you develop throughout the years. Was funding good for you, Lillian, when you were you know, winning these national championships? Was it uh, difficult to keep a balance uh, as an athlete and, and someone who's trying to live a normal life as well? Uh, well, I'll be completely honest, uh, John. I, I, I don't get funding, right. but simply because I'm not at the standard to deserve funding okay. yet. Yet, I'll put in the word yet. Um, because, you know, like the high performance set up there, like the, 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 the team that Matt is working on, like they're all working to serve a whole cohort of athletes uh, from a range of different events. Um, so yes, I am self-funded and everything like that. But to be honest, um, I, I make it work because I want to make it work. You know what I mean? I have to do what suits me. Um, so I'm not entirely kind of, um, you know, I'm going to get on with it, whether I'm funded or not yeah. uh, and everything like that. But if I'm completely honest, um, I wasn't deserving to be get, getting funding once upon a time anyway. So, um, you know, hopefully in time, maybe we'll have an opportunity to change that. Is Matt the opportunity then to get more people into the funding system? I mean, I was looking at targets there, the high performance strategy between 2022 and 28, one medal at the next two worlds, one medal at the Paris Olympics, coaching, uh, you know, to be enhanced with uh, getting top coaches into the system. Uh, What do you think are our targets now over the next few years uh, regarding track and field in this country? I, I suppose we've set those targets out, I guess, on a global level. You're relying on that really, the, uh, one thing that we that people struggle with, I suppose, our sport has such a global reach compared to any other. There's probably only soccer that can compare to it in terms of the number of countries that get involved. So to win at the highest level on a global stage, you're looking at someone with exceptional genetics for the sport that's been well supported and has been well committed and well coached. So there's a lot of ingredients um, that needs to come together. So, uh, yeah, we've got these ambitious targets. I guess we w- what we're looking to do is increase the chances of getting those global medals. So that's about capturing the talent in the first place. As you talked about, there's a lot of competition from other sports. And it's that those coaches that give a- a- athletes the uh, gateway into the sport are-, are key. And then we need coaches that can take them on uh, through the levels as they progress. Um, I think the we, I suppose... They, the coaches I work with in endurance, there were, there were, you know, a dozen or more coaches, and that's that's not that's been um, not overly generous. That I really know the stuff, and there's a lot of up and coming coaches behind them as well. That there's, I suppose, with the internet, and um, it's much easier to share expertise, and people can get access to what's been done as best practice in other countries through coaching a lot more easily. 
we want to help support that. But we do have a, a good cohort of coaches at the moment. Um, you're seeing guys that are doing very well domestically um, as they've not necessarily had to leave Ireland and are performing at a good level. Uh, the likes of Sarah Healy, uh, Darren McElhinney, Andrew Crossman, um, from an endurance point of view. So we, we do have coaching expertise and we'll, the next stage is to look at how we support that. So, um, I, I guess one challenge for us as a sport is our, a lot of our good coaches are also, you know, bright, intelligent, very employable people that have good, well-paid careers. So it's, it's difficult to buy their time as well. And um, so we have to look, be creative about how we find Irish solutions to support them going forward. Uh, so Liliana was speaking almost about the vocational element there, Michael. So is the coaching you do vocational? Sorry, say again. Is the coaching that you do vocational? Oh yeah, like I mean, I'm just uh, coaching kids and trying to trying to find time whenever I can to do little bits and help out here and there. Obviously, I try to coach coaches as well as much as I possibly can, so that you know you're developing other people that will be able to commit more time than I can. But it's all about just trying to find a bit of free time away from work to help out the the athletes. In- Sure, sure. So it's next uh, Saturday and Sunday in Santry. Remember, folks, you can get tickets at uh, athleticsireland.ie to see the National Track and Field Championships, the 150th edition at the Morton Stadium, to see the best talent in the country. So let's talk about that talent. Um, let's just go through some of the races next week. Uh, the men's 200 metres final next Saturday, Lillianne, this is set to put the likes of Marcus Lawler and Robert McDonnell against each other. Yeah, it's it's lovely. It's lovely to have two Olympians, you know, in in one race together, and uh, it's, it's a great head to head with the two lads because um, they've com- raced against each other uh, three times, and the current score of the sh- amongst the showdowns is two one to Marcus. So no doubt, if Rob decides to run the two hundred, then he will be looking to to challenge that. Um, you know, Marcus has a new setup at the moment. He's now training down in Waterford with Shane McCormack and the likes of Phil Healy. Uh, and he's won this title three times before. Um, and he, he's coming into his kind of PB shape again. He was away in Spain, um, I think about two weeks ago and clocked a very good time and is getting back closer. So again, it'll be interesting to see whether Rob will be able to contest with that um, because he's also PB this year, not just in one event, but in the 100 metres, the 200 metres and the 400 metres. So Rob's also been extremely consistent with his races um, and he's been coached uh, by Brendan Glynn in Galway. So another brilliant setup there. And, you know, Rob is someone who's just getting better and better. He won the European Under-20 Championships last year uh, and then you know, won the, the 200 metre indoor title just gone. Um, but then we'll also be looking out for the likes of the likes of Connor Morey and Mark Smith from DCU. So, you know, it'll, it, it's, it's, it's all, it's, it'll be all out. And it'll be, it, but it'll definitely be damn fast. That's one thing for sure. Good stuff. And then also on Saturday, we got the shot put in terms of the field activity, Michael, and the record holder, Eric Favors, he's back in action. Yeah, that's it. Eric is based over in, in America, but he's British for coming all the way to Ireland to in every single national championship, indoor and outdoor. And he's the first Irish fella to ever throw over 20 metres. So to see somebody throwing an Irish guy throwing over 20 metres in Ireland would be absolutely brilliant if he could do it again. But he's also not going to have it all his own way because John Kelly's been going really well and he's actually moved out to Norway to do a bit of coaching out there. And uh, he's yeah, uh, Finn Valley AC and he's thrown 19.57. James Kelly, of no relation again, is is uh, probably the third uh, best in that competition. So it'll be a, a serious competition between these guys. And for, you know, there's loads of sports fans out there, and, and, and I'm always uh, 
comparing our sport to other sports to make it more interesting for people watching. And it likes Eric Favor, some of the stuff that he can do in the gym for any other Olympic lifters or crossfitters or guys that just go do lift weights or whatever. You know, he can he can uh, clean 180 kg. He can snatch 140 kg. His bench press is probably close to 200 kg. But then when he gets into a circle, he looks like a, a an oversized ballerina. He won't mind me saying that because he, he's so elegant across the, the circle and he uses the rotation of the spin technique. So it's just going to be brilliant to watch him this weekend. And I hope that John Kelly and the two of them can have a good battle. Yeah, like when you're talking about the javelin, the shot push, the hammer, uh, where we obviously had Pat O'Callaghan back in the, you know, the 1928 and 1932, uh, the discipline you're involved in, pole vault, these are extremely spe- specific types of disciplines to get your skills to a, a zenith at. Yeah, that's it. I mean, even the shot put probably wouldn't be the most technical of, of the, the, the throws. The javelin is just so, so difficult to get right. The speed and the power that these guys are trying to harness, you're using your whole body. Everything has to be synchronized so so technical and it takes years and years and years of practice literally in the shop but your, your, your big toe is pushing off the ground last and your 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 these two fingers here the shop foot goes off your your index and your middle finger as, as you finish the throw so every muscle in your body is being put behind that shot foot and then on sunday we have the 5000 meters final match uh um Dar McElhinney, that silver medalist from the cross cross country up against uh ephraim good yeah, that's really interesting. Like we won that uh, team medal with with Ephraim missing because he was injured, um, and he he won a medal himself in Portugal in 2019 for the as an under 20, and he's come back from injury. Um, great work in fact with uh, from Peter McDermott in uh, Clonliffe Harriers there, and with support uh, on SMC from the um, Colin Griffin, and we'll work to help to get, help help to get him back, and he's. Um, He's ran a, a super 10,000 metres at the European 10K Cup just at the end of May there. So it was just outside 28 minutes. So he's he's got superb endurance. Um, he's only run a very low-key 5K this season. And it's going to be an interesting tie, tie with Dara because uh, Dara ran a 1,500 metre PB uh, in the week. He was uh, 3.37. So there's... Um, it's really maybe speed against endurance, but neither of them are lacking in either aspect either. So... It's going to be a good clash, and uh, there's a group of guys behind them. Maybe, maybe one or two more entries in yet before it closes on Sunday. But we've there's 70 athletes entered in, t- in total, which um, is fabulous and great to see. And it's probably uh, we made a decision to seed the finals um, to to I think it was a year ago, um, and it went down very well with athletes. So there'll be an A race that will be well inside 14 minutes, but then there'll be the guys really looking to go run PVs and be inside 15 minutes and racing each other uh, and that's great to see as well so there'll be athletes from every corner of the country there on that 5k but a real interesting dust up at the front So let you know folks it's uh, Galway 2 goals and 6 points Cork 7 points in that hurling quarter final uh, coming up to half time at Sample Stadium at the moment on the show we're previewing the Athletics Ireland National Track and Field Championships which take place next weekend at the Morrison Stadium in Santry tickets available at athleticsireland.ie we are speaking to Lilian O'Hara 100 metres hurdler and Ireland Women in Sport Officer for Athletics Ireland Michael Bowler a decathlete pole vaulter friend of Scorthy commentator and coach and physio and Matt Lockish the Athletics Ireland National Endurance Coordinator since 2018 so Lilian the 100 metres final for women um, mm. 
Rashida Adeleke and Molly Scott possibly going against each other in this one? Yeah, do you know what? It's actually probably going to be one of the races of the meet. I, like the standard this year has just, you know, completely elevated. Uh, but I don't think the girls are going to completely have it their own way. Um, you know, I, I she's kind of gone under the radar, but there is also a 19-year-old um Adiemi Tabili from Longford AC, who will also be competing, but she's been training. She's in on, on scholarship like Rashid over in America, and at the moment she's currently ranked second in Ireland, just behind Rashid and just ahead of Molly. Um, and then we also have Joan Healy. So Joan Healy's being coached by Derville O'Rourke. Um, so again, her expertise and her knowledge uh, will definitely be helping Joan, and it'll be a very competitive uh, race. But. Rashid is looks like is just down to run the 100 metres. She's not entering in the 200 or the 400 this time round. Um, but it's it, it, it's funny because at, as it currently stands, she's the fourth fastest woman in Europe for the 200 metres. She's also the fourth fastest woman in the 400 metres, but yet she's decided to opt for the 100 metres. So will she become the fourth fastest European this year in the 100 metres? Who knows? Uh, she's definitely capable of anything. And it'll be interesting to see how all the girls manage and navigate through those rounds and for, and the, eventually the finals um, on the Sunday. What is her ceiling then, Rashid? Do you, do you think she can be a medalist at a, at a major championship? Yeah, definitely. She, she, I suppose she already is. As yeah, but as a senior. Yeah, yeah. as a senior, 100%. She, you know, she's over in America in probably the most successful university uh, college that there is um, in Texas. Uh, she's under the, the guidance of Coach Flo, who's renowned in athletics for his, um, I suppose, his coaching prowess. Um, but if you're able to compete at the NCAAs at that, at that level and that standard, um you're definitely capable of, of putting out some world-class performances. Um, so it will be interesting this year because the European Championships are on, the and uh, the World Championships are on. And for someone like Rashid, whether she'll opt in or opt out to both of those competitions, it'll be, um, time will tell. Um, I suppose she's she's ran a lot this year from the collegiate system already. Um, so the first up will be the World Champs in Oregon. Uh, and then followed by the European Championships in August. So um, there's definitely there's definitely a lot more to give from Rashid, um, and it'll be an exciting, I suppose, an exciting opportunity to get to, to see her here in Ireland because uh, she's been racing abroad for for the whole year. So I definitely would recommend to see the fastest woman uh, Ireland has ever produced. And Israel Alatunde could be challenging the national record in the hundred meters final for men. That record stands at ten point one eight seconds. Yeah. And last week uh, in Geneva in Switzerland, um, he ran 11.19 wind assistance. So the wind was just a little bit too much. So it's, unfortunately, the time doesn't completely count. Um, but like Israel is just going from strength to strength. He, he's studying UCD. He's under the guidance of Daniel Kilgallen, which is, again, you know, he's a, a brilliant international coach um, and he's a, a fantastic setup. Um you know, even challenging for a medal in that race will be Joseph Adjurumi, who's Israel's training partner. Um, but, you know, with the men's um, race, it'll be interesting as well because they will have to run a heat, a semi-final and a final. You know, it's a lot of rounds, it's a lot of legs. You know, people might think sprinters are lazy, that, you know, it's only, you know, to, uh, like 11 seconds or so. Uh, but if you're exerting, you know, complete full speed, complete full power, uh, and you need to qualify through these rounds, you won't be able to kind of, 
you know, you can't take the foot off the gas too quickly here. Uh, but I suppose rather than who will have the legs for it, it will be who will also have the, the mental stamina and resilience to keep going throughout those uh, those those rounds. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be a good one. There, there's some other lads there. It'll they'll all go over the line together uh, because it'll be so close. Um, Connor Morey. Rob McDonnell is down again for it. Oliver Swinney, Colin Doyle from Leeville. Um, so, it, it, you know, Israel finished second last year in it just behind uh, Stephen Gaffney. So uh, there's only hundreds of seconds. So I'm sure he's going to want to change that result this this year. We're speaking to uh, Liliana O'Hora, uh, Michael Bowler and um, Matt Lockett on the Saturday panel on the Athletics Ireland National Track and Field Championships, which take place next Santry at Santry next weekend in the Morton Stadium, uh, the 150th edition, athleticsireland.ie to get your tickets for it. Um, we already spoke about the shot put, Michael. What else should we be looking out for in the field next weekend? I think we have in the long jumper, is it uh, that we have uh, Sarah Boogie going for a 10th senior outdoor title? That's it, Sarah Boogie. And well, actually, I'd go one further and say St. Abbans are just completely dominating the jumps. Uh, they've had Barry Pender over the years in the high jump, but they've got, uh, yeah, Sarah Boogie. Um, she, she's the dominant force in the triple jump, but also she'll be thrown down the gauntlet in the long jump. So she could, as she has done in the past, take the two jumps, the long jump and triple. Her, her best is 13.53, so she's only 10 centimetres away from the national record. And really, she's outstanding athlete in that event. So I'd really love to see if, if you're there, John, get behind her. And for the rest of the crowd that are there, definitely get behind her because she will be looking for that national record every year she comes out and she puts on such a good show. So, And then, of course, you've got Sarah McCarthy, who's been there and there about before. And Ruby Mellis, she's the outstanding favourite in the long jump, uh, even ahead of uh, ahead of Sarah. And she jumps 6.42 here already. And for anyone listening at home that, you know, it's it's hard to kind of put it in perspective for people sometimes, but if you measure out six meters forty two across your kitchen floor, it's, it's something else. And to, to see it, as I said, in the flesh will be brilliant. So it'll be a great show from from those girls. Also, just in the in the women's pole vault, Ellie McCartney, she's uh, she's knocking on the door for the national record as well. She's jumped four twenty four, and you've got youngsters Ava Rochford, who's the the high jump champion uh, from the indoor championships. She'll be throwing, put it, putting down her, uh, an effort in the pole vault as well. Una Bryce is the underage youth national record holder, and uh, Claude Walsh is a former national champion. So, but Ellie McCartney is, is definitely the, the under 23 record uh, holder for that event. So, but the women's pole vault will be another one to look out for. Okay, Michael. Um, Matt Lockett, so the 1500 metres final for men, you've got Olympian Andrew Kaskorn, you've got the record holder for the mile, Luke McCann, you have the double European under 20 and gold medalist Nick Riggs. So this should be tasty. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, Andrew was semi finalist in Tokyo and he's probably the man to beat. Um, but Luke, Luke McCann's had a good two years after um, a bit of injuries, probably. Generally, it doesn't work out well if parents coach their uh, coach athletes, but uh, Luke and Jakob Ingebrigtsen, the two of the book that trend looks doing uh, good work being coached by his dad there. And um, there's a few others. Uh, Cal Doyle would have been DCU Athletics captain and uh, Conleth Con Storwalt. He's been on scholarship in the US and has gone sub 340 this year as well. Um, Paul Robinson, a training partner uh, with Dublin Track Club with uh, Vandrew Costran, will be in the mix as well. Um, and then there's Lou Lachlan, 900 metre under 20, under 23 international, Shane Bracken, um, 
and um, Kevin Kelly, probably amongst the other leading entrants. But I suppose there's a lot of interest around Nick Griggs. as just just 17, and he pushed Andrew indoors to uh, about 3.56 mile, I think it was, um, and looked very relaxed in Watford, running just 3.42. But I think he looks as though he's going to go sub 3.40 uh, very soon as well, and we'll be planning his uh, preparation towards the world under 20s in uh, Cali, Colombia. Um, in the which in four, in six weeks time Red. and we got the 400 metres final for women as well Lilianne Phil Healy and Sophie Becker possibly getting their uh, feet into the blocks in this one yeah do you know what the, the 400 metre again it, it's a brilliant event uh, Sophie Becker Phil Healy Charlene Maud Leon Roisin Harrison actually all ran the other day um, at the at the Diamond League uh, together and, and all four girls as a result uh, managed to qualify for the European Championships uh, they were just slightly off qualifying for world qualifications you need to be in the top 16 they ended up uh, 17th by 0.06 like I said just off um, but yeah it'll be a great showdown amongst the girls um, Sophie and Phil would train together occasionally through their coaches Jeremy Lyons and Shane McCormack and you know uh, Sophie I suppose in particular both girls come back from the Olympics last year have been very consistent with their, their results um, Sophie won the title back in 2020 so I'm sure she's going to want to do it again today or next week sorry should I say but um, she kind of started her season a bit earlier this year she started competing in May whereas Phil is only after kind of getting going in the last uh, two or three weeks um, so there's only at the moment just 0.01 between the two girls. So that's just the blink of an eye. You know, it, it's something that you won't even be able to to tell if they go over the line together. It could be just the difference of way that the, the number is put on the bib. Um, but I definitely think Charlene Maudley uh, is very capable of pushing the girls as well. They're, they all have very similar PBs, um, but it's going to be a great race. Like those, those three girls alone, um, they're number four five and six on the all-time list you know and I just think the 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 talent and like not just from the women but from the men as well that is there at the moment and it's something that really should be appreciated and attended to especially kind of maybe up and coming athletes to kind of check it out and see I suppose what's ahead of them and what like you know the the way it's all ran how how the athletes carry themselves and everything like that between the rounds um but it definitely it'll be it'll be a great a great race, and as well I think uh, Michael uh, Bowler that sometimes we know that sport is so competitive in terms of grabbing the attention of the public and generally in athletics and track and field is when somebody does something whether underage level or the cross country runners there last year but this is a great opportunity next weekend for actually to see people um, in the flesh uh, the best people in the country in their own craft uh, doing what they do best uh, so that that is the opportunity in the window that we have here that we just are not just like I suppose turn on the television or attending something when there's a medal on offer at a bigger yeah. stage, you know? That's exactly it. You, 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 you just can't quite understand how good this is, how good these athletes are. They are so, so committed. They're some of the most committed sports people you see in Ireland. And because it's such a globalised sport, it's so hard to get the attention that they deserve. And the, and that's all it is. Like Liliane was saying earlier, she, she's won national titles and she's one of the best hurdlers we've ever had in the country. She doesn't get any fun. And so all you're looking for is just a little bit of recognition, a little bit of appreciation for what, what, you, what you do. Um, I, I just like to mention really quickly, John, sure. the men uh, long jump. If you're at the stadium, go over to the far side of the, the stadium and you'll be able to see within three feet of the men jumping in the long jump. And I think it's probably one of the most stacked long jump fields we've ever had. 
Uh, Shane Howard is the best there with 771. And for anyone listening at home that doesn't know how long that is, it's 25 feet long. So it's, it's incredible, really. As I said before, the only way to really put it in perspective is to lay it out across your kitchen floor. There's also uh, Ben Fisher, Colin Burke, Reese Adamole, Sam Healy. And these guys are all over 7 meters 50. And then I feel bad for the guys that are jumping over 7 meters because that often in the past would have won you a medal, but now it's just going to be way down the field. So we're blessed with a load of really good uh, uh, long jumpers. Just one more event that I'm just going to really quickly cap. Okay. The women's high jump will also be really good. Summer Leckie is a former silver medalist in the, the uh, youth, I think it was, uh, world championships. So a seriously good standard there. Pippa Rogan uh, will also be there. Thereabouts. There's only one centimeter between them. They're number uh, two and three all-time. So really, really good standard. And for anyone listening at home, just put that in perspective as well, because sometimes it's hard to quantify they're jumping six foot two inches, the, 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 the women high jumper. So uh, to see that in person, it, it really is something special. Okay, Michael. Lillian, you got the last word. Sonia Sullivan, David Gillick, Eamon Coughlin, Dervil O'Rourke, all these household names in the country. We hope to see more of these heroes to cheer on in the coming years. And uh, let's hope that there will be new role models and new stars of the future that might, might, we might be seeing next weekend. 100%. Yeah, I, I, Rashid Adeliki and Israel Alatunde, just from a sprint's perspective, I definitely would be keeping an eye on them. Like, they are just a phenomenal athletes. And, like, I, as, as Michael was saying, until you see them in the flesh and you see how quickly their limbs are moving, um, you, you'll just be in awe of them. And, and everyone can learn from them, regardless of the level of the ability that they're at or the sport that they're even at, you know. So, even if there are, um, you know, field uh, games coaches out there who are interested in seeing actually how to kind of maybe move their players a little bit quicker. I, I'd come down at the weekend and check even just the drills that they're doing in the warm up and so on. You know, Sarah Lavin has been running incredible in the 100 metre hurdles. Um, you know, she's she's PB and she's the second fastest woman of all time just behind Derville Rourke. And she just finished seventh in the World Indoor Championships. So again, from a, from a sprint's perspective, they're the three big names that I would be keeping an eye out as well as Rob McDonald in the 400 metres. Okay, Liliana O'Hara, Michael Bowler and Matt Lockers, thank you so much for previewing the National Track and Field Championships in Santry next weekend. Enjoy the occasion. Hopefully plenty more records will be broken and new stars will be in the limelight. Take care, folks. Thank you. Thanks. Remember, folks, you can get tickets for the 150th edition of the National Track and Field Championships at athleticsireland.ie. The Saturday Panel on Off The Ball.